welcome to this episode of Hustle and Pro. I'm your host, Kelly Walker. Today, we're honored to be chatting via Zoom with our guest, Lorraine D'Alessio. Lorraine has run her own law firm for about a decade, and she's been focusing on immigration and business law. Because of her passion for sports, she's actually switching gears. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to learn about her days as a player and now how she's switching gears to be more of a player representative. So we're going to take a quick word from a sponsor and we'll be right back and we'll start this episode of Hustle and Pro. This episode is brought to you by I-9 Sports. I-9 Sports helps kids succeed in life through sports. Their leagues are perfect for boys and girls ages 3 to 14 with convenient one-day-a-week formats for practices and games on the same day. I-9's leagues and clinics are available in football, soccer, basketball, baseball, volleyball, zip lacrosse, and more. Learn more at i9sports.com. I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. And welcome back to this episode of Hustle and Pro, and welcome to our guest, Lorraine D'Alessio. Welcome to Hustle and Pro. Thank you so much for having me today. I've been really excited about today's interview. (laughs) Me too. And so, you know, your career is in law, but today we're going to peek into the kind of the sports side of you. So let's just start there with, you know, tell me about your background in sports as an athlete or a fan and, you know, just in general, what's your, what's your history with sports so far? Sure, certainly. Um, all right. So um, I ha- I was actually quite competitive in um, so growing up high school uh, to university uh, with volleyball, um, indoor volleyball, as well as soccer um, and reached uh, regional level uh, at, at in Canada. I'm Canadian uh, now living in the United States, um, specifically Los Angeles, but at uh, that time um, and, uh, you know, team sports, very important uh, getting to that competitive level being able to work as a team um, I think translates to so many other areas uh, once you know sort of getting into business life as well and uh, yeah so it was for me it was volleyball and soccer I was a big admirer of basketball as well uh, but those were the two sports that I went quite far with and advanced yeah. you personally so then okay you mentioned basketball now I do want to talk about your next step with that. So um, not that, I don't know if you call this a pivot or you're just sort of changing lanes a little bit, but you are applying to be a WNBA, um, is it player's agent? I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, but so tell me, how did that come to be and kind of what's, what's your passion behind that step? Absolutely. So um, I, I see a, a so much incredible a movement and, and talent um, coming worldwide um, into the United States, actually. Um, and I think that particularly um, with the um, worldwide basketball, uh, I think that the recruitment um, are, we're going to be seeing quite a, a wonderful waves of training, mentorship, recruitment coming in internationally. And there's not enough, I think, recognition of what's out there and um, who's sort of flexing their muscles, whether they're um, (laughs) figuratively and literally. um, For those that are starting here um, in the United States, and going abroad, um, but then also for those that are abroad and succeeding in those tournaments and, you know, gaining the attention internationally, they're they're not 
always um, in the appropriate limelight um, for what we see actually back into the United States here. Um, so, and I think there needs to be more recognition of what's going on and also promotion of those players worldwide so that we can, um, you know, balance their, um, you know, their, their career paths as they come, you know, come back to the United States um, and, uh, you know, continue on with their careers here. I think also on the sponsorship side, the brand side, um, you know, there there is. I don't think there's enough uh, sort of tracking and recognition of, of of the um, the uh, the commitment that brands and sponsorships have had, and then again how that can also translate in the contract negotiations and bringing them um, into the NBA. So um, so I think that um, uh, there's quite a bit of work to do there. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have an underlying interest also in immigration. That's part of your, um, your practice. Is that correct? Immigration side of things? Yeah. It's about a little over 50% of the practice. (laughs) Okay. So that's why you see it, uh, so clearly that there's, there's probably such an impact, um, with immigration policies with these players in different sports. So tell me about that. Tell me in your line of work, what have you seen? How, how, how immigration, I mean, that's the immigration, just that word is, it's such a big thing and there's so many facets of it, but I guess, um, the hurdles and different things that, that maybe these athletes face. So talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Certainly. Um, so, you know, for foreign players, um, you know, they're already, um, you know, trying to get the recognition, trying to be on an even, 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 um, even plate as, as the other players that are obviously in, in the U.S. Um, but one of the bigger hurdles they have is obviously figuring out how to deal with the guy with the badge and the gun when it comes to not only processing their visas internally within the United States, so with USCIS or um, U.S. Department of Homeland Security, but then also actually getting the interviews done outside at the consulates and then um, proceeding to actually enter. Um, there's two interviews that happen, one at the consulate and then another at the border. Um, and, and so navigating this is very very important because without these visas, you cannot do anything. You can't bring the player here. And, um, and they're at a disadvantage because you have all the other players here that don't have to worry about these things. Um, the timing of these tournaments, the timing. So for example, if you want to be, you know, showing your stuff at the Drew League, for example, if you want to be, um, you know, exhibiting your, your performance, your work, what you do, um, and you can't make it in on time, you're late. Um, this obviously can have lasting impacts because the people that are observing are only there for a finite period of time. Um, So um, simultaneously doing not only the contracts, um, but also bringing in the players so that they can be, um, you know, uh, exhibiting their their work and their talent um, is critical. So uh, some of the the challenges we've been seeing is uh, higher American, uh, by American policy, strong policy from Trump still being carried over a little bit. Um, even though Biden said uh, we're not supposed to be, we still see some officers um, giving that rhetoric in the follow-up questions on these visa applications. And then um, when they actually go for their interviews, we are also seeing um, huge backlogs in attempting to get an interview so that they can get the stamps in their passport to actually come into the United States. So even once the actual visa is approved. Um, so what, you can be I, real quick, when you talk about huge backlogs, give us an idea of a time frame. Are we talking backlog days, weeks, months? When years. you say that years. Yeah. Um, right now going through Toronto, um, you're looking at 
year plus if you're European trying to get a third country national appointment. Um, if uh, you know if you're Canadian, you're huge plus. You don't you don't need to do the interview. You can come through. But um, there's only certain posts that are actually allowing for third country national appointments to come in. Um, and Europe has been very backlogged again year plus um, months plus um, that we see uh, now you know, it, it has really hinged on relationships and we've been very fortunate uh, with the amount of work that we do as a law firm. Um, you know, I just got back <laughs> from Rio, um, the border there, Texas, um, very important relationships, um, you know, that we have, that we work with the American Immigration Lawyers Association. Um, it's, it's not just about doing the work. It's not just about making the applications and putting the, you know, it's also about um, having that important relationships with the key key, key uh, supervisors understanding what they would want and anticipating those questions, getting everything in there so that there's no delays. And you, you mentioned relationships. So applying to be an agent for the WNBA, obviously, um, well, not obviously, I guess that's my question is, this is, you know, female to female support and relationship here. Is that an important aspect of what you, what you t- um, achieve to do in this new role? Um, absolutely. Um, so you mean in terms of also working with, with female players? Too? Yeah. Women so, supporting women. Yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. I mean, there is some incredible talent, um, out there that, um, and, you know, I think that, you know, broadcasters are starting to understand and get the messaging out there. And, you know, we're starting to see more sponsorship support for women leagues. Um, and, you know, that that's really great. Um, I would, I'm, I'm an advocate to see more of that and just to, to try to get um, women's sports on the same uh, same or as close <laughs> the same uh, playing field as you know as men's um, and I think there needs to be to, to do that I think it's a little bit of an appropriation of voice I think there needs to be more female advocates um, on the agent side on the management side um, and um, you know and, and and that that helps to also educate the players too um, it's not just about you know vying for that contract and you know negotiating for that sponsorship it's also about hey um, you know I can do this in the the professional world, you know, in terms of um, professional world of business, you're doing this in the professional world of sports, and um, you know, and kind of linking arms and forging forward together. So, um, and I think we are inspiring to each other. Um, it's good to have have that there. Um, I, I I think that um, you know one one of the challenges that that I've no- noticed is again, um, you know, you'll have the you'll have female players, you know, just doing incredible stuff out of, in the worldwide tournaments. Yes but not necessarily the communication back home on what's going on or the recognition back home and, and, and not the eyeballs to the screen there, not, if, not enough of, um, of the, the actual opportunities to see those platforms, to see them performing. Um, you know, you can tune into Facebook, you can tune into a number of places, but is the um, is the messaging out there so people are clued in so that they can follow it and understand. And I think that there should be more um, education Education, awareness, and also promotion, um, because you know these these younger recruits that are coming through, um, you know, they can get missed, and uh, that's not right. Especially if you're, uh, you know, you've worked hard and you're that shining star. And I mean, I've got countless of examples of that. You know, uh, mega stars for the you know um, uh, coming through and on national teams in Asia, for example, in Vietnam, um, for for NBA, we've got some incredible incredible female players coming through. So. Um, forging that those um, those bonds and getting the communication there. 
yeah, you talk about communication, um, sponsorships is a big one, you know, sponsorships and some contract negotiations does money comes into that obviously, which is, um, I think a huge gap in between, in between women and men's sports. Um, there's a whole, there's a whole argument and discussion there as to why that is, but it is cyclical, right? Like less people hear from you and know the messaging and know the platforms and the availability to be seen, the less people will see you, the less your ratings will be, the less your pay than everybody argues. It's, um, there's a big, a big opportunity to chip away at that. Do you see another area of opportunity for you to help in women's sports is contract negotiations and facilities and just general treatment to kind of equal the playing field there? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, so not only, um, you know, uh, from, you know, sort of where you're going to be, you know, um, where the, the player will be housed when they come in, um, you know, what, what uh, amenities they're going to be and access to, um, you know, um, not only on that side, but I would say also in access to like the latest treatments, for example, for injuries. Um, I mean, there is a ton of stuff happening in this area, um, but it's first hitting the men's leagues and not so much the women's leagues. So, um, so I, I, you know, this is, this is just a reality of sports. So it's also sort of the protocols that are going to happen, the um, sort of those those standard expectations that need to be in these contracts so that the players can do do their job, do their work and then get it done safely. And I would also say that, you know, um, obviously with the pandemic as well um, as you know, so and I, I, you know, I mean, a lot of these players are quite young, 21, 22. And um, some of those would want to be traveling with certain family members. And that can be taken into consideration as well in the contracts. And that has such a mental side of it. We don't, we don't talk enough about mental health in sports. And, um, you know, I mean, when we think about what these players have been through, you know, the, the bubbles and, um, you know, sort of that level of aloneness that they've had to go through, you know, for, uh, you know, doing their trainings, going in for the games, just relentless schedules. Um, and, um, you know, the kind of therapy that you might want to have um, there for the players. Um, there was a lot that the, the men's league, the NPA has done, but I think there, there's yeah. quite a bit to be looking for on the, on the, on the female side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right about the isolation and, and going back to the immigration side of this, so many of these players have uprooted their lives to start a career or, or, you know, continue their career and moved across the country or the world. And, you know, they need more support than they're probably given. And I want to ask you as far as, you know, when we talk about women and needing an extra voice and, and somebody like you with the background you have to advocate as an agent for them to get better contracts and get better sponsorships and all those things. I want to ask you how much confidence plays into that and the importance of confidence for women to be able to learn how to believe in themselves to, to, to get, stand up for these things that they should be getting. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it, it, 
I think it takes great confidence, that's for sure, because it, it has unfortunately been quite a boys club, um, old boys club for quite some time. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of agents on the male side, but there's a very small percentage coming in on the female side. So it's having the confidence to really speak up um, and um, be at the negotiating table um, alongside on an equal playing field. And that also goes for the advocates as well. And so it's really out to break up the boys club, quite frankly. And um, um, you know, um, I think this is regarding the NFL, but I think that um, there was a study that went out uh, regarding the NFL that nearly uh, nearly 800 agents registered, only 41 were actually women. Wow. Um, I don't know the exact stats for NBA, but I would guess it may be a, a bit of, a bit close to that as well. Um, and, you know, one of the cool things we're seeing is, is, is women coming in as owners of teams, you know, but um, female agents have been, you know, sort of a rarity in terms of, um, you know, that team sports management side. And, but um, we continue, I think, to make overall advancements in this area. Um, which I think is just absolutely in part uh, uh, critical, even though that progress may be slow. Um, you know, some ways that I think that we're help we're seeing more movement there is again also on the ownership side. You know, females taking more more of a place there as well. Um, and, ownership and uh, just leadership in general, more in the front office, even more on the court as officials. Um, all in every corner. And, and I keep thinking, going back to basketball, cause we keep talking about that so much. It's, it's, um, in every level too. Um, this is, it sounds random, but my, my child's, um, fifth grade basketball, uh, league that both, um, officials on the court last weekend were females. And I just thought I noticed it. And I, I thought these boys probably noticed it too. Like that's different. And it's great. And they did great. Of course they did. Um, but you know, I loved seeing that. I thought this is cool that, that these two females are, you know, officials in this level and they'll, these boys will see that as long as they grow up now. And that's what they will think is the norm. And that it's not just men that can have some of these leadership roles in their sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, you know, we need, you know, more kind of younger women, um, to aspire to then roles, that have been traditionally male dominated um, for then the next, you know, the, you know, like you're, like you just said, you know, I, you know, at even sort of minor leagues, though there's all these very young eyes, you know, watching that happen and they're absorbing, oh, well, I, I could do that. You know, I could thrive in that role. I could do that. Um, you know, and, um, and that's that kind of, education that happens just visually <laughs> that affects the masses, I'd say. And, um, you know, and so I, 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 I'm also, I also note, you know, how key a role the parents play, you know, in helping to support, you know, their, their children as they're coming up and, 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 and mothers, you know, um, has, there's all, there's so much to juggle, right? Yes. <laughs> there's so much to juggle. It, it all kind of goes back to normalizing those roles um, so that as they grow up, as children grow up, their normal thought process is that a man or a woman could do this role, whatever it is from in the household to, um, you know, advocating for different people. We want to, we want both genders growing up to see both genders as adults being able to manage all those roles and that's, and be normal to everybody. That's how I, you know, my hope anyways. Yeah. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you one more thing about um, when we were talking about 
confidence and advocating for yourself, especially as a female in sports, you also, so you're a model, a fashion model, correct? Yes. That's correct. And I'm guessing that is huge. Um, learning how to, even if you're a shy person, learning how to step out with your, with confidence in yourself. Um, and that is something I think you will take to this role as a sports agent, uh, especially for women and, and showing them, first of all, being a role model for them, that there is, um, you know, a confident woman on the other side of the table with them, but then teaching them how to step into that and, and grow and use it and be confident in themselves. Yeah. Being comfortable in your own skin on camera and doing your job, whether that's walking a runway um, or, um, you know, stepping out on that, that court um, with all the cameras going and you can keep your cool, um, execute what you need to be doing timely, deliver the product and you're out, you know? So um, uh, absolutely. It's uh, there's, and I, you know, I think it's a rarity that people are just have this talent of doing that. I think it's, I, I think that it's, it's not instant. It, it, mm-hmm. it is something that takes time and, um, you know, sort of encouragement to get there. <laughs> I do too. And I think you see it sometimes in little kids, younger, when you're little, your inhibitions maybe, you know, gone and you can be, you can put yourself out there more, but then we get during adolescence, we, um, many of us tend to kind of step back and are afraid and awkward to, to put ourselves out there and be comfortable in our skin. And then sometimes like at my age group, we start to see it again when, um, like we're learning things about ourselves and kind of reflecting back on our life and growing again. Um, so I do think that there's that, that time. And when you'll be dealing with women and helping them that that is critical where they regain that again, where it might not be natural to them, but someone can guide them and, and kind of reteach them how to like, you know, be, be comfortable in your own skin again, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you look at, you know, the story of Jessica Holtz, for example, you know, the agent who was very much named as helping, you know, Devin Booker, you know, get where he is. Um, and you, you read about sort of her story and, and, you know, uh, the, the attempts of other superstars like LeBron James, um, you know, sort of how they built their empires. I mean, and now, now we're naming a woman, you know, directly representing um, such a superstar um, and, you know, all the kind of glass, glass ceilings she had to break through to get there. Right. Um, you know, I think, um, I mean, she's strutting her stuff on those red carpets. I mean, she is uh, comfortable in her skin, but boy, when you read her story, I mean, it wasn't just overnight. I'm, you know, it's, it takes that it takes time and, and uh, learning from each other and educating oneself. Um, so, uh, you know, these historic achievements um, that we're, we're making here in 2021. <laughs> it's true. It's true. As, as we wrap up 2021 already. Well, I applaud you. Um, I know, you know, I mentioned that you have run a law firm for a decade and you're kind of pivoting a little to this role. And I applaud you for that. I'm excited to watch and see how you're able to navigate that and help um, advocate and support and represent women in sports. So I um, have really enjoyed meeting you. I didn't know you yet. And so I'm glad that we were able to connect and set this up and have a couple of minutes to talk about this. And I appreciate your time. I know you're, you're busy. And so I really do appreciate you zooming with us today and, and get this conversation started. 
Well, thank you. And thank you for being an awesome woman supporting another woman too. That doesn't always happen. Some women deem it as like, you know, I broke through these barriers. I had to do all these things. I might, I might not want to make it, I might yeah. deem it as an opportunity to make it hard for you in some way. Like I'll get some kind of enjoyment out of that, you know, and yeah. I'm like, or you just need to go. Um, we definitely need a mental shift there as well, I think. And, um, and so, but thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's such an honor to, you know, be here talking to you today and also sharing my story and hearing you about yours and, and uh, thank you. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. However you listen to podcasts, we hope you find us and subscribe or subscribe to our YouTube channel and so that you can get notifications on the next episode of Hustle and Pro.